Hey there, skips and skipperettes from all across the vast electronic wasteland known only as Internet Land. And welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. Well, what a ride the last two weeks have been. Uh, we got to have our first skip gather in about a year, hanging out at Trader Sam's for Sam's Sunday Skipper Social. We had a couple dozen listeners come out during the day, a few wearing their merchandise from the Jungle Cruise t-shirts, and many drinks and fun conversations were had. By the way, every time I get to see one of our shirts in the wild, uh, I'm amazed at how great the printing uh, quality and the shirt quality is from our vendor. Uh, make sure you check us out over at gallery, G-A-L-L-O-R-E-E dot com. Just search Jungle or Cruise to see all of our skipper-designed items. Now then, last night, last night, July 12th, was the Skipper stand-up show. This time it was held at the Brea Improv and, wait for it, it was a total sellout. Fantastic performances by David Marley, Trevor Kelly, Kip Hart, Skipper Arvin, Rex Alman, and our own, very own Skipperette Jen Chavez. This was the 29th Skipper stand-up show, and I have been to a few. I have to say that being in a crowd of 300 or so people watching some really great skips doing some really great comedy was amazing. This was by far the best Skipper show that I've had the honor of uh, being in the audience for. Most of all, it was wonderful to see so many good friends from over the years and catch up with them. I'm excited the Improv is already thinking about hosting another show later on during the year. Congrats, guys. It was a fantastic success. Also, uh, this is the time of year where the odometer on our podcast rolls over, and we enter into our new season. Now, last year we had 23 of our 26 new episode weeks. We had fresh content, and then we just had our regular winter holiday break. I'm really happy that we were able to have our most consistent year ever and that we've had such amazing guests. We got to chat with skips from 1955 all the way to today, and we've had some great adventures together. Thank you all for coming along with this journey with us, and uh, Year 5 has some amazing surprises in store. So this week is the first of a two-part episode with our very own Skipperette, Skipper Jen Chavez. Jen is the content manager for the Jungle Cruise Facebook page, and she is a huge Disney vintage enthusiast. She finds amazing articles, videos, and photos from the history of the Disney properties and shares them with us daily on our Facebook page. A lot of people tell me it's one of the best things that we do and that they learn a lot from our curated content. Jen was a fairly recent skip in Anaheim, but her adventures on the river are no less amazing, and they have quite a wonderful twist to them. I really love sitting down and chatting with her, and by the way, you'll occasionally get references in the background to a little four-month-old or so kitten who is uh, devastatingly adorable, but decided my fingers and microphone were fair targets for its pouncing. Now, as always, if you are a skipper or know a skipper who might want to appear on the show, please drop me a line at junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S, at gmail.com. Also, I haven't asked for a while, but if you get a chance, swing over to give us a comment and a rating over at iTunes. All of our great five-star ratings really make a huge difference in how we're promoted within the iTunes rankings. You know, we even had a few weeks in March and April where we were in the top 100 comedy podcasts on iTunes, and I would love to get back to that sometime during this summer. All right, here we go, Season 5, Episode 1, as we sit down with Skipperette Jen Chavez in an episode we like to call A Stand-Up Gal. Kungaloosh, everyone!
We've got fun and games. We got everything you want, honey. We know the name. The other direction. I just I baked a lasagna and warmed up the house, so I figured I I did that with brownies last night. It was my my final carb thing for a month. Oh no. Yeah. Well, that's no fun. Well, yeah, it's great. I went to the doctor today, and he said that I had the body of a 60-year-old. It's amazing <laughs> that for someone in that advanced age that I was in as good of a shape as I was. It's uh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we can't, we don't want to, uh, you know, give away any any jokes for uh, for Sunday, but uh, not that I'm, yeah. I'm not doing it, but uh but, you're, but anyway, so let's, let's start this over with actual okay. good volume. Uh, so this is going to end up being the first episode of our fifth season, starting off our... It's amazing to me to think that um, this has been four years and 103 episodes worth. That's awesome. You should Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is uh, kind of astounding. And over the last... I guess it's been about six months since mm-hmm. uh, you came on board. Around January-ish? Yeah, six, yeah. So, um, let's start this off officially. Uh, a, I have a cat wrapped around my hand, uh, <laughs> who's adorable and who I just want to take home with me. Take her. Uh, take her. Um, but we are sitting uh, in the the kitchen of the palatial estates of uh, Skipperette Jen Chavez. Hello! Um, the, the first person with the title of Skipperette. Oh, I think thank that's, you. you know... Uh, very appropriate, but um, so to those, honor. for those of you who don't know, who don't follow us on the Book of Faces, uh, Jen is our uh, Facebook content manager and uh, archivist. I guess. I'm going to make a, a business a business card for you that has all these fancy titles. Oh, I like that. And you know, when you do a, a job interview, then you uh-huh. can put all this experience down and have a card to back it up. Too. I know, because you know, if anything is true, if it's on a business card, <laughs> that's true. Uh, so, yeah, no, so uh, back in January, I, uh, right before all of the craziness with the Nerdist podcast mm-hmm. came up in our bump, um, I had the idea that we should start putting more photos and stories and stuff during the weekdays. Yeah. For two reasons. One is because it's cool to have, and secondly, because it gets more people to come to the Facebook page so we get more listeners to the podcast. Yeah, to look at fun stuff. And you, uh, I had become your friend before that on Facebook. I want to say it was... The Skipper page. Yeah, Skipper page or uh, Kevin Hall or someone. Um, And you were always putting up these delightful historical tidbits, mm-hmm. um, snack size, McNuggets of, of Disney knowledge. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, we chatted and you have championed the cause of putting cool stuff up on our, our page. So Yeah, it's, it's been really fun. It's given me a distraction from my life with three children. Um, three children, three cats. Three cats, three children. That's a good Three symmetry. children, five and under. So... Uh, that may that may cause a little uh, distraction <laughs> needing. Well, I, I guess it's it's cheaper than alcoholism. It, yes. No, it's really a fun it's a fun thing that I've been taking on in your on the podcast. Oh, I thought you were saying having kids was. Yeah. Fun. Well, that's fun. Well, making them is fun. But yeah. That's another story. <laughs> but um, yeah, having them is also fun. Um, I'm just babbling here. No, that's what um, we do. Uh, I've been babbling for five years. <laughs> Uh, or in some some cases, people might say even longer. But I found that having worked on the jungle, I fell in love with the jungle. And part of that is 
because of its history, because it's the 50s era, the 60s era, that's mm-hmm. so fabulous and fantastic photographically. And, you know, histor- historically, there's a lot going on during those decades. Well, and luckily now, it's so easy, relatively easy, to find content yeah. and pictures. And, you know, and, and you know, we call it linking. It could also be, you know, stealing. Cause they, <laughs> but they stole it from somewhere, too. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's just passing the, the buck down the road. Oh, and people are finding pictures in their grandparents' right. attics now that they're sharing and... They want it to be shared. Yeah. And asking them, hey, can I put this on our page? And they're more flattered and excited, mm-hmm. you know, by the prospect of more people seeing their yeah. treasures. And we are definitely getting um, uh, a lot of people sending, like, putting things up on the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, postcards, a lot of postcards yeah. and things that they found. So that's I love the, that um, it really, you know, yeah, there's so many Disney things on Facebook and yeah, you know the Disney saturation Ooh. factor. Uh, yeah. That is the negative of the Disney experience for fans. Right? And yeah. Is that there's just so much, and it's hard to stay away from it and keep my mouth shut because there's yeah. a lot of uh, longing for things that don't need to be at the park anymore. And yeah, like me, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> myself included. Yeah. I, I, I long to be there too, but I, I, I shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> No, I, I think things... Yes, there's definitely people who have some uh, strong opinions. Mm-hmm. There are people that have uh, quite a bit of, shall we say, misinformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's things that I, I laugh at when I see uh, the myths. What are, what, are, what are Disney myths that you've, that you've oh, been God. wanting to bust, that you've seen people? Because we already busted that there were no jokes at the Jungle Cruise <laughs> early on. We killed that. There, Yeah, Mr. Asa. There's kind of killed that instantly um jungle cruise related myths or no, just, no, disney just disney related yeah. myths? oh the death certificate at the haunted mansion oh is the God. worst thing ever and it does that not thing go does away not well it's that buzzfeed it it's the buzzfeed list yeah and it's the death certificate of the mansion and the the maps at the jungle and the edible plants in tomorrowland yeah which granted that is a mostly true statement but yes. i don't want people grazing in the... uh, They're also treated with heavy pesticides to keep them a certain color and shape. And just because something is edible, you know, I think people are looking for the stuff that's smokable, and that's usually in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's (laughs) hidden behind the bamboo. (laughs) Confirmed. (laughs) As as is evidenced by many of the the, the skipper behaviors. They also have those big attack spiders to guard it. Those uh, those are gone. Spiders? Yeah. I was there one day, and someone walked on the dock with all the spider webs in his hand. It was one of the leads. Uh-huh. And he was just like, I'm done with these, and threw them down on the shipping. Uh, maybe we don't want to talk about the same thing. I'm talking oh, about the, the actual the, attack the actual attack spiders. Oh, yeah. Those are there. Yeah. And the flying cockroaches. They're, 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 I saw a spider that was a solid two inches oh, across. Oh. And I, I, I know people who got spider bites when they were out in the jungle. Uh, one one guy had to had to get like a tourniquet and treat it because if it gets oh, into a vein, God. it could really I, mess your leg up. That does not surprise me in the slightest. Well, the is, worst I had was a giant flying cockroach that landed on my shoulder during a boat, and I was just like smiling and yeah. trying to bear it, but it was just, pretty awful. Just to make just to check, did the cockroach did it have feathers and a beak? <laughs> Because that may have been a different animal. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, and sometimes I get confused on my species. No, I had a duck do a dive bomb through the boat mm-hmm. before. That was fun. They were males, and they were fighting over a female. And one went through one side, and one went through the other. And, like, grazed all the guests on the top of their head. And that was pretty fun. 
but <laughs> um, I actually got nailed by a duck in the face oh. when I was working jungle I'm not surprised. because you know there's the two support the bars at the front of the boat uh-huh. and this duck was flying kind of sideways to the boat and he clipped his wing on the pole oh no and the momentum swung him directly into my face oh, and I was wearing my pith helmet at the time so it kind of uh-huh. bounced off but the duck fell to the ground oh, on the no. seats like uh, in on the floor and it started flapping all the way toward the back of the boat with a full load of guests oh my gosh and it came, went all the way back to the engine made a U-turn came all the way back down the other side oh. and I was watching people pop up it was like people were doing the wave <laughs> on the, the boat duck. oh gosh that reminds me of Fabio when Fabio was riding a, um, a roller coaster at like six six oh, flags yeah. and a goose Mid-air hit him in the face. Well, so every, you and Fabio have... Everything is drawn to that perfect hair of his. Yes, the, the ponytails you have in common, right? You know, it's funny. My my hair grew out, I think the day after I left Disney, I had this ponytail. <laughs> it, uh, the goatee magically appeared, and the... No, I my wife is into long-haired guys. Mm-hmm. She, you know... That's her thing, so... Well, thanks for obliging. Yeah, it worked, it worked out. I landed, the, I landed a smart cookie, very so... very smart to oblige. So let's, women, yes. let's roll back the, with the Wayback Machine. Okay. And let's go back in time to uh, what brought you to work for the, the mouse. What was your story? My story is I had recently had my second child and had stayed home for over two years. I had had my first and then my second in a two-year span. And I'd been home, and my husband... I needed to go back to work at that point. We had two kids. We have to, you know, put food on the table for them eventually. So um, well, Until they're old enough to forage for themselves. <laughs> exactly. And me and my husband went to dinner, and he was like, I don't want you to do a job where you're going to be unhappy. And he had always been a, a huge fan of the idea of me being a Jungle Cruise skipper is something that I always talked about wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he and I both did improv comedy in high school and a little bit of out of high school projects and sports. And it was always just something that I found very, mm, it was pulling on me sure. to do it. You, you, you had that nature of, well, if you, if you had done improv and, you know, if you have that outgoing, yeah. you know, uh, you know, wanting to be the center of attention, of you know, all the things that we as skippers like do. You know me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went for it. And with the process being what it was, I didn't hear back from Disney right away. I did sure. the online application. I actually took another job um, at an like art store. 2012, 2011? 2012. Okay. Um, worked at an art supply store did not like that at all. It was really rough and was having a hard time with it. My baby was like two months old when I started back to work. Mm-hmm. And Disney sent me that magical email. Hey, we have a personality test slash online interview for you. Mm-hmm. And I did that and I heard back from them right away after that to come do the in-person interview. Did that. Flying colors. During the interview, I was like, I really, the only thing I want to do is Adventureland Jungle Cruise Skipper. Mm-hmm. And the lady's like, oh, well, are you sure you can, you know, handle that? And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I can totally do that. No big deal. And she said, well, there's openings, so let's get you on board. And so I did traditions and all that fun stuff. Are you being entertained no, by the cat eating well, the poisonous the, plants The over cat there? eating the poisonous plants, that's, uh, <laughs> I think hemlock's a good thing to have in the... And the, the, you know, it's cat grass. No, I was more amused, but I kind of think that, um, you know, it's funny how we always hear that the people in casting 
you know, are like reticent about Jungle Cruise skippers and all mm-hmm. that because uh, a I think any it's like it's like being president. Anyone who really wants to do it shouldn't do it. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Because when you tell people like in the park, people in foods, they're like, "Oh, I'm going to do that soon." Yeah, and you're like, you really shouldn't yeah. do that. But but it's yeah. fun. It's funny because they're like, "Oh, we well maybe we can fit you in over there." Yeah, and in reality, they're like, "Dear God, we have." spaces because you know a lot of people don't want to do it yeah so it's, and i felt bad for the people that ended up there and did and didn't not want to be there yeah. and i i would see them crying backstage or having nervous breakdowns yeah. in boats and those are probably just the jungle rough. leads yeah <laughs> they were crying backstage. they did not want to be there <laughs> um so yeah so i i got traditions and then they give you the little piece of paper that tells you where to report for your first day of training and it was jungle so i was super excited because it could have been indie i knew i was in Adventureland, yeah. front ad front but i didn't know where so i was really relieved it was jungle and not indie and I mean, indie's uh, not bad i mean i i worked indie and i i liked it but it's just it's not jungle yeah it, it's what wasn't in my heart like that was why i was there you know and um but I knew I would get there eventually if I ended up in an MD because it was just something that needed to happen. So I showed up and the girl I was training with was actually coming back after a year absence. So she, she knew everyone, mm-hmm. even the trainer. The trainer knew who she was. And I was just this little dork that was like so excited about the whole process and she was so seasoned already. Like it was, you know, everyone that saw her was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And my whole training experience was people talking to her about her being back, you know. But And my trainer, it was his first solo training group. Me and her were his first solo trainees. Mm-hmm. And um, he was great. His name's Mike. He's still there. He's one, I think he's B or C lead there now. Um, but it was fun. And I was getting in trouble in training because I was ad-libbing and improving and stuff and they were cracking up and they were like oh you can't do that and I I didn't know like I just assumed that you can kind of go off the cuff on stuff and they were like oh you're training you need to stay on the script and uh, the other young lady who was training with me was like you're good you're gonna get in trouble Mm -hmm. I was like okay well it might be worth it so so at that point you know got my my wings my ears and uh, that happened and then The stuff that happened after is the interesting. Part. That's that's where I'm going to is the stuff that happened after. So, just keep going. Yeah, let's go. Okay, we'll go so get right into it because that it was October. Um, at that point, my child was four months old. The baby was four months old, and they were okay with you just having the the sarong with the kid stuck in it while you were yeah, stealing. They were they were comfortable with that yeah, as I, long as I was comfortable. Well, so. it's very it's very you know sh- it's very uh, good show theming. Yeah, you know, you know. I mean, can pretend like it's like a <laughs> you know animal of some sort. I mean, that's what women did in the jungle. Ravenous, know. hungry animal. <laughs> um, little small chimpanzee. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Um, so. I'm sorry if I say um a lot. That's all right. Anyways, that was October, November. November came around, and I had a GSO shift, and I was really sick, and I had a really bad headache, and I went backstage, and people were eating in between food, which, you know, is always great. Well, that'll, and that'll, that'll, that'll give you a that'll, stomach That'll, that'll kill anyone. And the smells were really bothering me, and I was like, oh, it's the headache, blah, blah, blah. I went in the bathroom, I threw up everywhere, and I was like, shoot, it's just my head. And uh, 
went home, wasn't feeling great. Came back to work to jungle the next day. It was really hot. You know how we have weird November days when mm-hmm. it gets hot. Went out on a trip with a boat full of guests and in the Indian elephant pool, wham. Threw up over the side of the boat, was feeling awful. Come back around to the dock. I must have been as white as a ghost because the lead saw me and was like, whoa, his eyes were bugging out. You were wanting to foreshot yourself. Yeah, I was ready to. It was it was bad. And um, they kind of were like, well, we're going to send you home. And I was like, no, I can do another trip. I'm okay. And it happened again. Went out. The motion of the boat the probably didn't help. The motion of the boat. I just wasn't feeling great. Went to the back to sit down for a little no bit. plant left. Just no, there's no point. She's awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, went to the back. Everyone kind of could tell I wasn't feeling great. They ER'd me. I went home. Had like a weekend. I had a couple days off. Took a test. Found out I was pregnant. Was it the, the written test or what? Because <laughs> I don't do well with written tests. <laughs> I wish it was. If you had done yeah. the oral test, you might not have failed the <laughs> that other would have one. Been awful. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh. I'm sure my mother-in-law would appreciate that. Yeah. Parents. Anyways, um, oh. so I magically found I was magically pregnant with the oh. second, third child. Was second. it? Was it Mickey's? <sighs> was it Mickey's? Did he? Did he touch you? Did he? <laughs> he did not. Um, and I was scared because. I was so happy mm-hmm. being a skip, and I didn't have, I wasn't past probation yet. I was really sick, mm-hmm. like, um, super sick, so I kind of, like, tried to hide it. Um, my second child was only five months old at that point, and, like, they were, they're 15 months apart. And on the day they gave me my, congratulations, you've earned your ears, here's a card, here's a little pin with Walt on it for all your hard work. I said, that's great. Can we talk? <laughs> and the manager's face was, she kind of dropped, like, are you leaving? And I was like, no, it's, it's, it's better than that. Um, I'm, I want to stay, but I'm expecting baby. And she was like, oh, she was really excited. Everyone was super supportive. And she was like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to train on another attraction? And I was like, no, I want to be on Jungle as long as I can. And they're like, really? Because most women do not want to be on jungle once they're pregnant. I was like, well, we'll see. Let's play it by ear. Mm-hmm. We'll see how we do. And I ended up developing something called hyperemesis, which means you throw up 30 times a day. You're very sick. And it only lasted for a few weeks. So they were really kind and let me take all the time I needed to um, get better enough to come back. The smell of corn dogs at the park destroyed me. I oh. couldn't handle it. Popcorn, corn dogs, Bengal barbecue, any the, of that. Just, the smell that's piped out into the... The vanilla smells. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, that was hard. Everyone knew, like, I need to code V. They all kind of knew, where's Jen? Oh, she's in the back doing code V. So <laughs> they got used to it. But a lot of people, because you can do jungle shifts for a month solid and not see the same skippers because mm-hmm. they're off doing other things. A lot of people didn't know. Um for a long time that I was pregnant because I just wore my coat yeah. and my pants and nobody really noticed um, until those pants weren't working for me anymore with the belt and everything. And I went to the leads office and I said, hey, like, I'm really uncomfortable with this. I was like six months when I was uh-huh. like, I'm getting really uncomfortable. And um, they were like, well, one of them said, just untuck your shirt and don't wear a belt. 
I was like, okay. I was trying to figure out, because I don't think that there is there a is, pregnancy option costume for Jungle. There's not. So I kind of could, created created one. Could they go back to the culottes, maybe, for you? Because the culottes are a little more flexible. They were. Their option for me was a dress, like an overall topped brown sack dress. And wow. I, they showed that to me, and I laughed. I said, I am not loading and unloading guests in a dress. You could, you could get a uh, potato stamped That's across the front of it. It looked like Lucy and Ethel had created it. And for sure, it was something out of that era. It was awful. And I kind of was like, I'm not going to load and unload guests in a dress. I don't think it's safe for me. Yeah. I don't think it's safe for think, guests. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we really don't know what to do because nobody's ever worked jungle this far into pregnancy that they knew of they you know maybe in the past um so i was like okay let me go to costuming and let me see what they have so i went to costuming and i went to the there's a tiny maternity section Mm -hmm. and they had khaki maternity pants really stretchy perfect and they had a white little like baby doll top so i wore the baby doll top the maternity pants and my jungle hat Mm -hmm. and i and i blended in at that point i I looked like i belonged there and wasn't sloppy with my shirt all into did you work it into your spiel at all i'm just curious oh yeah yeah i had to what was what was your uh... um i did the um the joke where you say me and my boyfriend went to trader sam's last night he said, ooh, your wife makes a wonderful stew. Yeah, I'm sure going to miss her, though, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then I'd say, I'm just kidding, I don't have a boyfriend. And then I would play on, Just does anyone want to be my boyfriend? Do you have insurance? Do you have good insurance? <laughs> yeah, and just, I mean, my situation was very clearly <laughs> desperate. And, um, you know, the backside of water, I would say, oh, the backside of my water broke to freak, freak people out. And, you know, that was... It was hard. We were all kind of trying to come up with jokes that were pregnancy-centered to kind of lighten it. Because people were nervous about me even. Like, guests were nervous about me getting them in and out of boats. I had to push, like, a 350, 400-pound woman up, you know, up the little extra steps. And I was like, jeez. You know, some people were like... I just wonder if, you know... um I'm sure that there's something in the human psyche that when you see, like, you know, when you see that, your brain goes into protective mode because we have to protect oh, yeah. the species. Well, they all, all the skips were very protective of me. And they, st- you know, they started calling me Mama Jen. Yeah. Like, all of them still call me that see, that I and see. It's, and it's funny because that must be triggered because that guys in their 20, whenever they, 20s, whenever they see a pregnant woman, especially single, they run. <laughs> uh, it's always single mothers. It's it's true. Kids that, so there must be something in that protectiveness that is. Yeah, it was it was really neat. I felt really protected, actually. In a couple occasions, I was working the DOS. Is it, was it GAC then? It was GAC then. Yeah, whatever. Um, you know, the people that get to cheat and go in the back or actually need it most mm-hmm. of the time. But... Um, like, for example, those pregnant women. Yes. For they example. would come to the back. It was really funny. If someone was working it and I was on the dock and some pregnant woman would come to the line and be like, I need to go sit on the boat, blah, blah, blah. They'd call me over and I'd waddle over like eight months pregnant. Like, what does she need? And the women would turn around. It was really funny. That <laughs> happened two or three times. Um, there was a really drunk man once, though, in that line. And he started poking my stomach. It was really weird, and he was like, oh, I just want you to know that's not mine. And I was like, I'm very aware that's not I'm, yours, I'm, I'm sir. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I understand how uh, physiology works. Yes. The fact that I'm eight months pregnant and have never met you yeah. would he be an awful. indicator. And he rode the ride, uh, and then he came, and he came back. 
and he was, wouldn't stop, and he touched my stomach again. What is it? I what is it with people who want to touch pregnant women's I stomachs? I don't know what it is. I wouldn't want to. I, it might be contagious. It was frightening to most of the girls I was working with. They wanted nothing to do with my stomach. because yeah, if, if the baby was moving, they would run away. <laughs> they didn't like it. Um, but the lead, like, peeked around the corner and was like, get out of my line to the guy. And the guy was like, what? And he goes, get out of my line or I'm calling security. And he was like, huh? He goes, that's enough. You're harassing her. You're touching her. Yeah. Get out of my line. You should go back to your hotel and get out of here. I go, go home, guest. You're drunk. It was, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that was the only time when I was really uncomfortable with the way I was being treated as mm-hmm. a pregnant woman at the park. The, the other time was, um, we had an unattended bag situation mm-hmm. and it was in the middle of the plaza area and they rounded us up and wanted us to form. And it was right after the Boston bombings. Mm-hmm. So everything was like high alert. And, um, they wanted us to stand around this bag and wait for security to bring the doggies and to smell it. And I'm standing there and I finally looked at the lead and I was like, you know, I don't really ask for any special treatment while I'm here. But and I would stand there if I wasn't pregnant, but I'm pregnant. I'm not going to stand by a, uh, an unattended well, bag. That's the other thing is if you have a suspected, you know, something. Yeah. Why would you put a ring of people around it? Yeah. Like there are much better ways to control that situation. Yeah, I never understood that. Why get yeah, like just, why cast members? It was their responsibility throw to the make bag, a human shield. Throw for, the bag in the jungle water. It'll, it'll diffuse anything. <laughs> exactly. No one will see or hear from it again. So that was fun times. And um, <laughs> that was the only time I was, like, really uncomfortable. That and the drunk man. But over the, you know, overall, like, the yeah. skips were great. And then some of them would, like, walk up and be like, oh, you're pregnant? And I'm like, yeah. It just happened overnight. I don't <laughs> know what for, happened. It seemed like it. Because one night I was wearing the coat and covering everything up. And the next mm-hmm. day I was in the maternity pants. And, you know, the little baby doll shirt. So, I mean, I think the craziest thing, though, is the interaction with, uh, you know, the local witch doctor, Trader Sam, who delivered it. You know, (laughs) luckily he's a doctor. Uh, so what was that experience like, giving birth birth on the docks? Bertha was there. And it was done on the couch. Was she a midwife? She was. (laughs) She brought her trunk of equipment. Yeah, well, you know, she she has a lot of water. You know, she's (laughs) boiled a little bit of that. Um, yeah. So those, yeah... There were running bets that I would go into labor while working there because I went nine, I went 36 weeks. I My last day was like around my 36th week. Wow. Um, I don't know math, but that sounds impressive. It was very close. Yeah. Um, I had him at 38 weeks. Yeah. So um, Kip was saying, you know, we'll give you a bonus if you do it on the catwalk. Yeah. And I was like hoping that would happen. I just wanted to say the backside of my water broke and have it be an actual thing. Yeah. But um, it, it I guess that's better. <laughs> so, so it was it was quite quite the experience. And yeah. um, now I you know I don't know this because I haven't dug into your personal life. Did, did the kid at least get a jungle name? Because that really would have been the best. I, we were thinking about that. Should like, have. I know his name's John David Bruno Chavez. So take with it what you will. That doesn't match any of the boat no, names. No, I'm trying to think. Yeah. No, well, they're girly names. Well, the boats are they're girls. Yeah, but, I mean Sam. Sam, you know. Sam. Sam's super cute. I have an uncle Sam, though. So yeah, you know. Or you know. I like him, but I don't like him that much. Walt is a middle name. Walt. It could have been something. Yeah, maybe the next one. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, you got to get a job back in the jungle if you have another one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's my plan is to work at Jungle again and then immediately get pregnant again. That's, you know, that's career planning. <laughs> Most people don't have the ambition or the drive to have that focused of an agenda. <laughs> so I left, and two weeks later, baby happened. He was a NICU baby. He had a little bit of an issue when he was born. Um, and I was home a good two months, and then I came back, and Mama Jen was back, and it was great and super fun. But having a two-year-old or three-year-old, one-year-old, a newborn, yep. and working jungle and Disney and steam trains. Steam trains, yep. I was there even later because you close and you know, clean up the park, basically. Yeah. You're getting everyone out. Did, now, did you just, when you were at jungle with the kid, did you just keep in the captain's crate? Was there, like, a, <laughs> put a little, like, uh, you know, child seat yeah. in there? A little, you know. That's a good idea. That yeah. should be, you know, an option for m- new moms to just be able to bring them on board. Yeah. And the, the best part of it is at the end of the ride, you can be like, okay, everyone look under your seat. You all get a baby. <laughs> and there's an actual baby yeah, there. Yeah, it's like Oprah. <laughs> you get a baby and you, you get a baby, baby and you, you don't get a baby. No, you I don't touch trust my you. You look scared. Um, so, yeah. And I got tired. Mm-hmm. Really tired. And I stayed another... Let's see, I have him August. Another five months after mm. the baby. And it was just got to the point where I couldn't hang. Yep. Couldn't hang. I tried. And I give props to those mamas that have babies and go back to work at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really hard. Well, and you know, it's what were, were you living in Anaheim at the time? I was living here. You know, Ontario. See, that's yeah. the issue is that hour-long drive. Yeah, without traffic. I don't know how the... the um, the Lake Elsinore people drive in every single morning on that shuttle bus. Because, you know, they've got the Disney homes out there that oh, they basically yeah. have the acres of people who work at Disneyland. That's true. Who, who shuttle in on big buses every morning. And I'm just like, how in the world can you do that? I worked with the girl. that She's still there. She lives in San Diego. Look, if you were getting paid 15 an hour on, like, a reasonable living wage, I could see that. No. But, you know, I don't and understand And I loved how. it, but I did not love that drive. Yeah. I, I mean, with traffic, it would take me two hours sometimes. Oh, well, Chris, Christy drives, like, Long Beach, just past downtown L.A., three times a week. She's a doctor. Well, right? No, she's a... Well, she has a PhD. Neurologist. She's a, she, yeah, she's a neuroscientist. A neuroscientist. So, so, yeah. That doesn't make drives easier. That is easier. not minimum wage job. No, no, no it, it doesn't. It still doesn't make a drive easier. That's so. true. That's true. Ugh. I, and I don't like traffic. And a lot yeah. of my pregnancy i was very sick driving in that traffic too which really was hard um so it just all started to kind of add up that it didn't make sense for me to continue my disney career at this point yes my plan and hope is that once these guys are bigger in in elementary school and such that they can you know forage for themselves yes i can leave the microwave food here and then when they come home they I'm, I'm just want to raise latchkey children so yes. I can live out my dreams. That you are jungle cruise American ever. mom. <laughs> you are that is that is the American dream. I feed them chicken nuggets and hot dogs. Folks. Get them just old enough that they can you know survive. <laughs> yeah. Put you know you got to get the you get the the chains and you you know stake them down in the yard. Yeah. You know you go to work. They come back. They have water. They have yes. plenty of free space to to you know run around in. I've heard shock collars aren't a bad idea either. You no, know, I you set up the perimeter. I am a big fan of being. Able Able to sedate your children or someone else's. <laughs> I think it should be legal. Uh, no, I. I shouldn't. As a non-parent, I, I can't make those jokes and not have it's people true, look at can. me strangely to arrest me. <laughs> hey, kid, does this rag smell like chloroform to you? 
Uh, oh, there are days, Kyle. Oh, there there were, are days. There were days at Disney I wanted to do that. Oh, gosh. But it's funny that the I... The parents are worse than the no, kids, that, that's usually. what I said. The parents are usually, by far, the ones that are the... Awful. You know, the, the tougher ones to deal with. And I think part of... You know, look, it's... Because I was there, like, you know, that 0203, 04 area, mm-hmm. before people remembered Disneyland was cool. Yeah, and there then was, the like, 50th, a slump. Then the 50th happened. Uh-huh. And, well, the slump was partially, to be fair, because of 9-11. That's true. Because I was there the four years after that, with three, four years after that, where it was so slow. Yeah. We had nights where we might have had 10K in the park. I went on the 12th. Yeah. I was in the park on the 12th, and it was there was no one there. It yeah. was kind of scary. Well, I, yeah. I mean, sad. I, yeah. I mean, it was tough. And we, we went through the whole... Uh, there were up, updating briefings for cast members on, mm. you know, what to, to look for. And, you know... Oh, so scary. They, yeah. So, yeah, it's... Um, we had a little... Not, not the same um, with the Boston bombing and Sandy Hook also mm-hmm. happened while I was there. We had some of the... Like, we're really hitting the negative stuff here, but we we had special training and had talks where we, we didn't talk about kid jokes in the jungle for a few weeks mm-hmm. because it just wasn't appropriate. Nobody, yeah. nobody... I mean, we were... I was at the park when it was happening, and I was backstage, like, just in tears, reading what was happening. My cousin lives right there. She ended up becoming a counselor. Well, she was counseling some of the families mm-hmm. of those children, and... Um, it was just hard, and then you have to walk on stage and be like, "Wah, happy!" And um, it was it was awful. And so, yeah, I don't know. We went on a tangent there. No, it's um, fine. Tangents are good. No, and it's you know this this podcast started because of nine eleven. Oh, really? In a little bit of a way, because um, when we started this, it was because we had a skipper Benny who was leaving town, who mm-hmm. had been a kind of fixture at the jungle and mm-hmm. he was one of those everyone loved him he was you know a beloved figure mm-hmm. and I didn't want his stories to disappear well part of what we were talking about was we spent almost an hour talking about the family of, of jungle cruise skippers and what happened after 9-11 yeah. and how everyone would call each other I mean how there you know there was like this giant circle where every skip was calling every other skip to make sure everyone's okay Yeah, and this sense of community and family and that you know, ultimately led to uh, all of the other podcasty stuff, all the other amount of time and money that I've spent on this. Yeah. Um, you you know. want to preserve that. You want to preserve the yeah. family history for sure. Because you do, it's like you've been through the trenches. It's kind of silly to say that being a theme park attraction operator. I hear it but, regularly. But working at the jungle is such a different animal. You're, um, you're outside in the sun with this group of people it's hot you're dealing with crazy guests super happy guests super um emotional guests different cultures different countries and you're all working together crazy pregnant people uh, (laughs) and you're all working together to just bring happiness Mm -hmm. and magic to these people and it's such a rowdy bunch of characters but they all work together for the most part. So before the tangent, what the point I was going to make was, is that it's also interesting that we, you know, yes, the kids in general, they're oblivious. They're in, you know, they're in their own little universe where, you know, kids are generally not offensive people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they've been brought up so that they don't understand boundaries, mm-hmm. but they're not generally, you know, but the parents... There is, there are some parents that maybe have a 
strange entitlement oh. thing going on with themselves and their parents and how... It's a generation of that. Yeah, and I think that when we get those people in the park and they forget that there's 60,000 other people to whom that park belongs for the day, mm-hmm. you know, look, it's... We went on uh, Sunday before... We did the big uh, Skipper Social. Oh, yeah. Uh, where we ended up uh, having, you know, a couple dozen people came to Trader Sam's and hung out with us. Mm-hmm. We all wore our uh, Skipcast merchandise t-shirts. Plug. Uh, yes. No, it's it's a great <laughs> shirt. One of the first generation. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, then we went in afterwards, and we I haven't been, I've done a podcast since then, but we did... Um, uh, Paint the Night mm-hmm. and the new fireworks show and World of Color. Mm-hmm. And my my fireworks advice for people is don't go anywhere near Main Street. Yeah, uh, Go over to It's a Small World because they do yeah. the same projection mapping back there. You can see the same show. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just far more enjoyable when there's not a crush of people that make it so that you're uh, shoulder to shoulder and can't breathe. That's just yeah. my feeling. It's, that's rough. It's, um, um, they're... And the... the animosity they give you when you're a cast member trying to direct them during the shows and after it's insane because our job is to make it the most comfortable flowing it can possibly be we're not there to be bullies we're not there to you know but having said that being able to see it from an outside perspective as someone who worked hundreds of hours of gc uh i look at the way that they're that they're training and controlling gc traffic on main street particularly Mm -hmm. and i wonder who the heck is is managing it right now? I don't know. Because it does not look... It does not have the level of Disney efficiency and care mm-hmm. that it has in the past, in my opinion. Right. You know, you, you can put tape on the ground all you want, but unless you have CMs who know what they're doing... Yeah. And, you know, now, uh, apparently, I was told a couple weeks ago, if you're hired into attractions that there's a good chance you'll be parades only for a significant amount of time that you won't even get an attraction out of the gate you'll be on gc yeah i've heard that they're even thinking of making that a position like an attraction where you train in gc before you get an attraction yeah and like you're saying you do your time there before you get to do any of the fun stuff which the tough part of that is you'll burn out people who will probably be good in attractions yeah but then you're really sticking people down for four-hour shifts at night or five-hour shifts at night yeah. who are, I mean, that's tough. Mm-hmm. You know, I always hated, and I lived close to Anaheim, I hated being on four-hour shifts. Oh, and yeah, I'd drive two hours to get to my four-hour shift, and then they'd cancel because of high winds, and I'd have to turn around and come home Yeah, to my new baby. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, or you'd get those three or four four-hour shifts on your schedule in a row. And it's just like, ugh, really? Well, and that's... Let me you know, look, I understand the necessity of business, mm-hmm. but there's also the question mark of the operational needs versus taking care of your cast members. Yeah, because give me two eight-hour shifts versus yeah. four four-hour shifts, and I'd well, be but a then happy they have, camper. But then they have to pay you a lunch. That's true. And then they have to give you two breaks. Oh. And, you know, then there's a chance of overtime if you go slightly over. And I just look at that, and I... Look, I remember days where I worked 12 and 13-hour days on overtime. Um, voluntarily. Yeah. You know, or because that summer I needed money. So I worked yeah. 70 hour weeks if I could. Yeah. But, you know, now I look at these CMs who 
they won't work around their schedule for school, but they'll only no. give them 12 hours a week in, in shifts. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. No, and it's, I just I saw that. a lot of people turn over in my time, just in my time there, that just, they were like, these schedules just don't make any sense. Yeah. Like, and they promised them when they were signing on, oh, you're going to school? Cool, we'll work with the schedule. They no, don't. they don't. They don't no. look at that. Um, so it's kind of, that is disappointing for sure. Yeah. And there are some diehard, like, GSO cast members that that's all they do and props to them because mm-hmm. I just felt like a battered wife yeah. at the end of every shift. It was rough. Well, and you know, I look, I've said this many times, if it wasn't for the fact that I would have to give up the podcast and all the other things that I do, uh-huh. I look, I'd love to go back, but then I, then I look at all the people who I've interviewed and I realize that there is a little bit of rose-colored glasses, mm-hmm. that the summers that you have are the summers and the, the best summers in your life, mm-hmm. but you can't go back and have that magic again. No. And maybe when I'm maybe when I'm Jack Curlin's age and I, you know, when I'm in my 60s, I don't even know yeah. how old Jack is. Jack, I'm sorry if, you know, <laughs> you're a very young 50-year-old gentleman. Yes. But, you know, when I retire, I would love to go back when I don't have to do it for the money. Yeah. Um, and it would be magic. It would just be a different magic. Yeah. Your I expectations. Just, I just don't know how to solve it. You know, when yeah. I look at that situation and where they're balancing the the operational needs with really the, the cast members' needs come second to that. Oh, absolutely. Because of you know legal issues. I got um, speaking of it. I'm going to do a whole episode on this, but I got Dave Koenig's new book that's coming out in August. Oh, cool. And it's called The People versus Disneyland. I think um. that's what it's called. And it's about how lawsuits have changed the landscape of Disneyland. 